watching the last episode of Steven Universe tonight. It's so good, and it's so gentle. We've watched all six seasons in the movie in the last week and a half yeah (laughs) it's really it's been a wild ride and tonight we're gonna have a whole themed we're gonna make together breakfast and cookie cat if you and fish do pizza if you haven't watched steven universe this is the ravings (laughs) of a mad woman a pair Um, of mad women but what we're really saying to you today it's in this in this dark time is please watch Steven Universe. Watch Steven Universe, but honestly skip most of Steven one. Steven. <laughs> skip most of Steven. Skip most of season one. Email us at what you will podcast <laughs> and we'll tell you all the episodes of season one of season one. <laughs> we got it. Watch. We got it in one. And uh, and then you'll be off the races with this second, gentle gentle sh- second take of talking about Steven Universe. <laughs> I made in general. In <laughs> <laughs> I need Hello, gentles all. Did I do it backwards again? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm Charlotte Aline. And I'm Danielle Cohn. And welcome to What You Will. A tedious and brief Shakespeare podcast. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Charlotte. Did you know that Shakespeare wrote King Lear while under quarantine? Oh, wow. I've only seen that in about 60 different <laughs> tweets in every form of inspirational content. Okay, so in case you're listening to this in the future... I almost said in the past. Um, you can't listen to this in the past. In case you're listening to this, if, in if you're the listening future, to this in the past, stock up on Lysol. Yeah, don't stock up on everything in like a crazy way. The way that no, people yeah, did, not in, in a panic way. I know line. we are almost out of toilet paper. Is our reality that we're living in? Yeah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna freak out about it. We're no. just going to find a way to obtain more. But yes, so it is the plague times. It is the quarantine. It is the coronavirus. And so we wanted to do a pod about the plague and how it affected Shakespeare. Yeah. So um, we're not going to talk very much about the actual coronavirus, but this is your content warning that there will be lots of plague and quarantine talk during this one. And also, in case you aren't already doing it, if you are listening to this in the current times, please stay inside. Please wash your hands. All that jazz. You've heard it from a million people, but it's very serious. I honestly, like, a minute ago, Charlotte was like, all right, time to record. And I was like, wait, I have to finish watching this video of a nurse telling me that it's very serious, even though I have been quarantining myself for 14 days. Yeah. And yeah. I know it's serious. Um, yeah. If you're, if you are able to stay inside, if you have a, a, a job, like, a at the grocery store or, or in nurse, healthcare, or, yeah. then... You are a, a hero, hero, and, and we, we love, appreciate and we you, love you, and thank and you. After this, is and you all can over, listen to this on your commute. We will give us you. I was just saying, great job. <laughs> we'll we buy, love you. We'll buy you a thousand podcasts. <laughs> we'll buy you a thousand rolls of um, toilet paper. But yeah, big big shout out to the people <laughs> keeping society running, yes. and also, it's real. It's real bad. So just yeah, sorry. I mean, I've lost jobs. We've yeah, had, no, we we've both had, we've lost both had, jobs. We both had shows canceled. Yep. Um, so we're we're with you, everyone who's suffering Struggling, right now. Yeah. It's it's bad out there, but take 
an hour or maybe 40 minutes, depending on when we run out of steam on this topic, and listen to the sweet dulcet tones of us blathering about Shakespeare during the plague. Yes. You know, as like a fun, light pick-me-up. Exactly. So the, the, the inspiration for this episode was definitely that, again, that quote about, you know, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the, the plague times. Which, yeah, went... Which everyone is using as, a, it's like a combo of like motivating and also shaming of like everyone. If you're I not know. writing King Lear, what are you doing? It's... And we were like, we got to do our own pot on this. Yeah, it's an intense energy <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tweet that went, what do you say now instead of go viral? <laughs> it went super popular. It went supernova. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very popular tweet. And um, a lot of people were there. My favorite parody tweet of it was someone who tweeted it. I wish I had their name, but I have forgotten. And said, this inspires me. I will also write King Lear. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the idea was, I guess, as inspiration originally. Or just as a, like, don't worry, guys. Sometimes bad things can, good things can come out of bad things. That unless, is inspirational. Unless you hate King Lear, in which case, it, don't watch out, everyone. It's all bad. Um, but who hates I, King Lear? I'm sure somebody hates King someone Lear. Someone hates everything. Um, but one first question I think we should address is: Did Shakespeare write King Lear while under quarantine? I don't know. The answer is maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So Shakespeare lived in London in the olden times uh, when there. So the big Back before podcasts, before podcasts, were, were, they were just a twinkle in Shakespeare's eye. Um, so. The, the big bubonic plague outbreak that wiped out one-third of Europe was in the 1300s, which I only know because I just finished tutoring uh, world history this morning. Um, do I know the specific dates of that? Of course not. That, so this is uh, the kind of the aftershocks of that like huge world-changing pandemic was that there were um, outbreaks of bubonic plague sporadically throughout Europe for the next like several hundred years. Um, and mm, something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, and, and also it should be said that like bubonic plague is a very different. We're talking about a different plague, Different guys. plague. It's a different plague. Every plague is different. Every plague is special. Every plague play. has its own thing to offer. Um, and also, uh, obviously, the like medical care and understanding was different. Although they did understand by the 1500s that if you get a bunch of people together in one space, that is more likely to spread the plague. They thought that the plague spread by bad smells, and all of London smelled pretty bad, so I guess they were just lived in, in constant fear of the plague. Yes, yeah, so theaters were, in fact, closed whenever there was an outbreak of plague. Um, I pulled up the outbreaks, and then I lost them. <laughs> Okay, so there were the major outbreaks that closed the Globe Theater. Mm -hmm. There was one in 1603 um, when the plague killed 33,000 people in London. Um, and then there was uh, there was one in 1608. And there was one in 1613, I think. So all of that would have been um, while Shakespeare was doing his, his thing. Oh, was it? Or was 1613 the fire? You know, as usual, I have done my rigorless <laughs> research um but but the point is that uh king lear was first performed in 1606 so basically he probably wrote king lear while under quarantine he probably also wrote macbeth while under quarantine which was a like 
present for King James, who was being coronated and whose coronation was actually postponed until after plague. Aww. Yeah, poor, poor James. Um, they didn't have Zoom then, so they couldn't do a <laughs> Zoom, Zoom coronation. coronation. Uh, but yeah, they... Uh, we so we think that Lear was written while under quarantine, but we don't actually know, I think, is an important first, like, caveat to, Good to, know. to say. Yeah. But Shakespeare definitely would have fled London and gone back to Stratford-upon-Avon um, to, to write during the quarantine times. When, Hang out um, with Anne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that must have been intense, because, like, did they have a good relationship? Questionable, probably not. Questionable. Again, we don't know. We don't know. He did leave her the second best bed, which was a good thing. Which, which we've talked bed. about on the pod. I, I think. think we've talked about the second best. I feel like we must have talked about the second best bed. If you're new to the second best bed, uh, Shakespeare famously in his will, will, yes, yeah, yeah, in Will's will, in his will, willed within his will. Yeah, what you will? Oh God. Oh no. Um, so he he left his wife. Anne Hathaway, which was her name, uh, his second best bed, which a lot of historians and lay people have used as a like, oh god, what this a burn. was like, yeah, like a, a posthumous diss on Anne. But probably his first best bed would have been like his guest bed, and his second best bed would have been his marriage bed. So he's probably just leaving her their marriage, their bed, marriage bed, which is kind of romantic. Um, and also there's a lot of speculation that his like son-in-law was kind of a douche, so there were a lot of really specific provisions in his will about um, how his daughters were to inherit money and not a lot about Anne, but that's probably just because by the law of the time, she inherited like... A, lot of, a lot of his stuff just by virtue of being his wife. Anyway, <laughs> great. Yeah, so we don't really know when he wrote King Lear, but he was likely under quarantine. Um, it seems also, I don't know, I, in researching this, it was interesting because I feel like the tweet Shakespeare wrote King Lear while under quarantine is kind of meant as, a, as an inspirational motivational thing yeah i think a lot of people just in life are like oh wow what if i had a little extra time and this isn't really what anyone had in mind but i think that sort of inspo twitter instagram whatever is responding with like here's the silver lining you've got some time do which, some writing writers which i think is uh, i don't know i have a lot of feelings about that um, absolutely but i do i think it's it's interesting to bring up Shakespeare because by the time he's writing Lear, he is already uh, quite wealthy and established. He had numerous patrons, including the British crown. Yeah, I was going to say the monarch. So, again, I'm sure he was probably stressed out by theaters being closed. But one, the globe being closed for various disasters was a pretty like par for the cor- course occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was closed also. Fire and- it, yeah, yeah. 1613 was the fire um, where the globe burned down. Um, it was also it was closed by the Puritans frequently it was closed by bad weather it was closed on thursdays to prop up the bull and bear baiting industries which is incredible (laughs) hey thursdays were their dark night mondays are ours um yeah and it was an outdoor venue so it, it was likely closed a lot in the winter um yeah so again not that not to say that this wouldn't have been a big deal because it would have been but um yeah, just to like recontextualize it a little bit, and also Will wasn't someone who was as reliant on 
an income from his plays by this point in his career. Exactly. Also, the like kind of upsetting side of it is that the plague probably did help his career a lot by wiping out a lot of the competition. Um, yeah, the bubonic plague specifically affected young people uh, to a large degree, and so a lot of young boys um, who would have been the you know up and coming writers, the actors, and and up and coming writers and directors. Um, were killed um, and Shakespeare actually was able to take over Blackfriars the indoor space where he did plays like Winter's Tale because the company that was uh, previously in residence there most of them died or oh, at least no, the people running it died due, due to the plague and also one theory uh, again I think this is like more of a, a historian suggesting a hy- hypothesis than something that's been like rigorously proven but um, they think that maybe venues like Blackfriars would have limited um, patrons to try to prevent spread of plague. Like, mm. they, they were doing, like, they knew about things like social distancing even then. Like, they knew that for some reason, if you get a lot of people into a closed space, um, they, they are more likely to get sick. Totally. Um, and also, the effect it had on Shakespeare's writing was that he wrote plays like Winter's Tale that works better indoors. It's got a lot of magical elements. Um, If you have fewer audience members who can be closer to the action, they can pick up on like subtler facial expressions. Like the statue coming to life. Yeah, the statue coming to life is something that might not work in a huge outdoor venue, but might work really well in a kind of intimate black box space. So yeah, a lot. oh, also one of the fun facts was um, hazelnuts were a really popular snack at the at the outdoor theater the globe and they think that hazelnuts might have actually had a part in preventing plague in the theater because they uh repel the insects that carry the plague um it's important and again look if you if it's helpful to you to use this time to be super productive go forth go for if it's it. help if that's not helpful for you and whatever we don't go for we're it we're just trying to live out here yes we support all of your choices <laughs> no shaming either way um but i do think it's important to contextualize things like him writing one it's like look we're none of us are shakespeare <laughs> none of us are shakespeare and also again like at that point he was established he'd already written a bunch of those plays like I'm not saying he, if he did write it in quarantine, sure, probably that affected him in some way, but also probs he was going to write King Lear anyway. Yeah. A little bit is the vibe of like the trajectory of his career, whether it was King Lear or something else. Like at that point, he was just a guy writing plays and writing (laughs) plays pretty consistently. That's also something that my very, very lackadaisical research turned up is there, there's sort of this idea that historians have basically taken the number of plays that he wrote and the number of years that he wrote them and kind of done a like now divide it by that and so on average he wrote a, whatever two mm-hmm. plays a year this many plays a year but even that is still a little bit loosey-goosey like we can kind of figure out based on when some things were playing and whatnot but there is still some question marks on Man, did he write three plays this year and one that year? Was he really writing it really consistently? Like, we don't quite know. Yeah. So I, it's hard to model your writing routine after a dead <laughs> guy whose writing routine we just don't um, know. And also, I think it's, it's like, very human and not necessarily a bad impulse to look at something horrific like a plague and be like, well, what are the upsides? What is the beautiful 
art we can like it, it's not bad to try to to find positives in something negative yeah, light in the dark but i do think like that as a as a knee-jerk reaction can also be a little bit uh reductive yeah. and, because look the the effects of the plague on theater in london and on shakespeare's career were both good and bad like they were just effects it was just effects of a historical event there was no like secretly the universe planned this to make sure that king lear got written there was no oh you know like (laughs) secretly the universe killed all those people at blackfriars so that shakespeare could write winter's tale with a higher degree of uh nuance nuance like it it was just reductive and unfair to the people who died in the play it was just a chain of events there was no like I, yeah, I think it, it's really easy to ascribe positive or negative, like, silver lining. Or what's the opposite of a silver lining? A, a cloud. Cloud? Just <laughs> a, a cloud? storm cloud. Yeah, just to be like... it. Roses to, and thorns. To make it more of an... It, yeah, a lot of people died. It wasn't a it wasn't a great boon to art. Yeah. A lot of... And also, like, hey, maybe one of those young actor kids who died would have been an even better playwright than Shakespeare. We'll never know. Yeah. And that's obviously also a slippery slope of, like, who knows, but it's, you know, it's just important to remember that as much as it's important to take inspiration from whatever you can, it's also important to remember that, like, a lot of people died. I don't know. I think it's Stalin who said, when one man dies, it's a tragedy. When thousands die, it's a statistic. I've certainly heard that quote. I'm not sure if it's... I should look up who it is. Google Young Joseph Stalin. Also, he... Yeah. Young young Joseph Stalin. No, are you asking Could, me to do it? No, I've, well, I'm telling I've our, seen him before. I'm telling our patrons to do it. I'm just saying he was hot, and it's confusing. He killed millions. He's a bad person. Oh, yeah. Bad bad person, but good quote. Because uh, I think that also the further away we get in history from it, the more we're like, oh, yes, of course, the Black Plague. It killed people. Yeah. It also, a third I mean... Of, wasn't it like a third of... The, the initial outbreak in the 1300s, 1300s. it was... A, at least a third modern estimates Which is like I think go an much easy higher. statistic to say but an impossible one to imagine. that's like one out of three of the people you know die I mean it it was an apocalyptic event and it totally again I, I've seen a lot of people posting like the positive social changes that came out of that which yeah sure it, it's true there were positive social changes after the plague we got a uh, uh, social labor reform in Europe, the end of the feudal system in a lot of places, and the Renaissance, um, and guilds, and the middle class. Like, we got a lot of things out of that, but it's also like, what? I don't know. I just feel like some people don't realize that they sound like the purple guy from Avengers. What's his name? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Thanos? Yes. <laughs> you I do know you the do Thanos know. thing. Um, yeah, I'm just like, it, it's fine to acknowledge all of those upsides, but d- careful once you start sounding like Thanos. Because <laughs> his, whole, his whole thing was to kill half of the population. I do remember yeah. that. I do remember with the with the hand. Yeah, with the hand. Um, anyway, but yeah, so those that was that's my answer to the question of, did he write King Lear under quarantine? Probably. Probably. Um, also, so I went off on a slightly less fruitful research mission. Um, because sort of, I was thinking about like, well, if he wrote these plays under quarantine, even some of them, um, or even just if it was something that was happening in his lifetime and that clearly had an impact, how did it affect the plays themselves? Mm -hmm. Um, and where does it show up in the plays? And so the most obvious one that I sort of remembered or found and wanted to point out because I, I hadn't really 
thought about it before is that it's a major plot point in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, in Romeo and Juliet, it, and it also, honestly, living in a time where now there is a quarantine, it makes it make a little more sense because it feels like such a sort of thin plot point in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But when you are in a time that's probably living under quarantine, it would have felt much more major and uh, matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Um, So in Romeo and Juliet, for those of you who've forgotten or who aren't super familiar with it, Romeo writes, uh, or Juliet writes Romeo a letter saying that she's going to like play dead and where to meet her and all that. And she sends the letter to go to Romeo and it doesn't get to him because Friar John, fucking Friar John, fucking Friar John can't get to him because I believe it's London or it's probably not London there in Verona. Uh, wherever he's going is quarantined, so he's literally not able to get into the city um, to deliver the letter, and that's why it all goes to shit. And it's also the follow through <laughs> of Mercutio's curse. Yes, uh, plague on both your houses. It is literally the plague. That keeps both of their yeah, houses. When Mercutio dies, he, he wishes a plague on both their houses, and then the plague ruins everyone's life. Although I I feel like Friar John could have tried harder. I'm just saying. I agree. It also is like a literal letter, but they didn't have Lysol. They were like, <laughs> they didn't screw your letter. Um, um, yeah, I I also think it's kind of it, it feels like such a contrivance to us and i it also like i mean all it of was Sha- a contrivance it is it's a contrivance fine. all of shakespeare's plots are full of contrivances all of our modern plots are full of contrivances it's plots fine. are full of contrivances fine. they're fake we made them up <laughs> they're made up um <laughs> but again i think oh no there was plague so they couldn't go to us is well maybe after this year it'll it be might interesting feel after different. this year because it, it, it's also <laughs> like that piece of it is something that i um I've thought about in in my sort of director brain of like if if I were staging a modern R and J, how do you deal with that moment? How do you make it so that the letter doesn't get sent? Um, and it's wild that that part maybe actually doesn't need an update anymore in the same way anyway. Uh, but I think the other thing I kind of found interesting, and and I was sort of reading a few different people's perspectives on it, is that the truth is like plague isn't really big in his writing. Um, and I think that that's worth noting as well. And this is sort of, this is my separate view, but I think in times of like major, whatever the major thing happening Mm -hmm. is for our era, it's largely Trump and it's about to be coronavirus. Like Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is, I think artists feel a need to respond to it. And I think a lot of the time artists feel like it needs to have like Trump in big letters to be talking about Mm -hmm. him or whatever and that's fine there's a place for that art but I also think it's kind of interesting and there's something to be said for like you can respond to the time in a way that doesn't use that word or have that name on it and like Mm -hmm. we don't know how putting the idea of plague happening into his writer brain came up with as you like it you know what I mean or like with whatever what pieces of it inform you as a person are going to inform you as an artist Um, Because I found a bunch of quotes that, like, use words about plagues. I think one of the biggest one is the King Lear. uh, When he's railing at Goneril, he calls her, um, Thou art a boil, a plague sore, an an embossed carbuncle in my corrupted blood. Which is also a very specific reference to the bubonic plague. Yes. um, Which the... The, this is gross, but the um, the symptoms where you would get these like black boils yeah. on your body, Oof. Um, metal. Yeah, I, I also think it's interesting because one, all of Shakespeare's current events writing are very couched in like 
No, I'm not talking about our current modern day monarchy, obviously. I'm talking about Rome. Yes. Um, this is about he, Julius yeah, Caesar. Yeah, like he always couches everything in metaphor. And again, we don't know what his political leanings were. There are theories he was a secret Catholic. I mean, there are theories he was a woman. There are lots of theories. Um, but, see our episode on Anonymous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also think plague was such a fact of life. Like, it, there have been outbreaks since the 1300s, and hygiene was so poor, and the, you know, causes of infection were so poorly understood. Um, but it is interesting, the one of the first times in his career that the theaters closed, in 1593, for Plague, he wrote Venus and Adonis. Yes, he um, started writing poems. Yeah, and it's also like, if the city had stayed closed because of Plague, he might have just, like, Poems. Poet. Yeah. Um, but I don't know this Atlantic <laughs> this Atlantic article uh, pulls up a quote from Venus and Adonis that the goddess begs a kiss from a beautiful boy to drive infection from the dangerous year for she claims the plague is banished by banished by thy breath. So I think it's interesting that like his initial writing during quarantines quarantine times was more on the nose on the nose about plague or had more on the nose references than some of his later stuff and again like i said with lear as well like that that is a very particular reference mm-hmm. um but yeah most of what i found when i was sifting through the plays and actually i would love it if, if you guys are shakespeare scholars and you've found some interesting plague references feel free to email those to us as well yeah. um but most of it, a lot of it is is more, it's metaphor, and it's often more about madness. I think yeah. he's more interested in the illness of madness um, and in equating love and whatnot to that kind of sickness mm-hmm. than a literal mat, a literal plague. And even then, like, usually his literal ways that people die are, are a little more stabby. Well, yeah, more exciting. I mean, yeah. it's also like... Like, there have been many, many great uh, pieces of, of writing and art about illness, but, like, because illness is such a, like, random act of God type event, you can't it's also, it like, in yeah, the same, it's not like, face-to-face way. <laughs> it's not inherently dramatic to a play. Yeah, it's not about, like, interpersonal relationships, which are the only thing worth writing about. As George R. R. Martin says, the only thing worth writing about is the human heart in conflict with itself, which yes. I think Shakespeare would agree Yes. Would Shakespeare have liked Game of Thrones? He definitely would have. Shakespeare wrote Game of Thrones. I know. Okay. Shakespeare yeah. basically wore the roses. Wait the roses. for it. It's, um, <laughs> we're gonna get there, but it's, well, yeah, the, the yeah, Henry. Yeah, but ad. I feel like okay, we'll get to Henry VI, and we're all we're all getting pumped for Henry VI. Guys, we're getting pumped for Henry VI. Henry VI is not his best trilogy. It, he's it is she, not. okay. It's a trilogy of plays about the War of the Roses, and it's pretty metal. And a little bad, but also kind of secretly good. It's a confusing trilogy. Basically, of you have to cut the shit out of it. But if you cut yeah. the shit out of it, it's a pretty cool play. Yeah. Oh, can't wait to read The fun all thing three. about Henry VI, parts one, two, and three, is that it's one good play. Is that if you cut it down, it's <laughs> one, maybe one and a half good plays. Um, it's got Joan of Arc in it. Joan of Arc and Margaret. It's got it's two got of Margaret my favorite Shakespeare ladies. It's got Richard the Third as a as a young guy. Yeah, it's got sort of your Iago-esque various your, schemers. Your Tyrion Lannisters. Yeah. Um, 
one another thing I wanted to bring up actually about the like um, cultural feeling about theater and plague was that like an Elizabethan preacher at the time <laughs> proclaimed that the cause of plagues is sin and the cause of sin are plays and the cause of plagues are plays. <laughs> so there was also I think like part of it was so that's why they shut down Broadway. So that's a couple why they shut down ago. Broadway because Broadway gave us. The coronavirus. <laughs> um, oh, it's not even a funny joke at all. I was going to say, don't take that <laughs> one stopped, out of context. It stopped being we'll funny work in this town again. as we were saying it. Yep. Um, but I think part of that is probably just the observation that when people gather in large groups, more of them would uh, get the disease. But I think also part of that was the, again, this is like, we've got a lot of Puritans running around. The Elizabethans had a very weird love-hate relationship with the arts where they kind of hated theater and they thought of it the same as like bear baiting and um, prostitution, but also they like obviously loved bear baiting and prostitution. They just didn't want to do it in polite company, you know? So it was, it was like trashy entertainment. So it was also easy to pin things on theater. Yeah. And I was going to say, I guess my one other thing, just circling back to the, the thought we were talking about a moment mm-hmm. ago. Um, or a new thought I had in that vein is I think one of the other things about Shakespeare's writing that was sort of one of the reasons that we still like it today and also or study it today or do it and love it whatever but also one of the things that was special about it and that he did kind of better than pretty much anyone in that time correct me if I'm wrong Mm -hmm. but is that his plays were about individuals and Mm -hmm. about psychology Mm -hmm. and about like human beings struggling in moments and I think that Therefore, even when he has characters who are sick, they are often sick. Like, you've got the king dying of an anal fistula in All's Well That Ends Well. Hee hee hee. But, like... But that's a funny sickness, because it's a butt sickness. It's a butt sickness. But also, it's just him, right? If the king was dying of plague, you'd have to be getting everybody else sick. But he wants to focus on... The one guy is sick, and this is the one woman solving yeah. it. And similarly, I think a lot of the illnesses that we, we find, you know, this, again, one I've got pulled up is about, like, syphilis. Like, that's <laughs> going to be you and maybe your partner. Yeah. It's not, unless you're sleeping with the whole army, you're not getting the whole army sick. Well, though, a um, lot of whole armies did get sick from syphilis. Yes. Um, but I, I also think it's, like, it's interesting to... I. Uh, gosh like there are so many um unknown unknowns to when we're talking about like plague in 2020 but i have to imagine that the same way that like a lot of movies removed uh scenes of skyscrapers blowing up after 9-11 i have to imagine not that like contagion was everyone's favorite movie before this but that we're not gonna see a ton of like flippant pandemic media in the year's right after 2020 it'll have to be at least thoughtful or again couched in no it's a zombie movie no yeah i mean yeah Yeah. a lot of zombie movies are about like pandemic anxieties and racial anxieties read everyone read that one article about the history of the zombie anyway um but i i do think also like plague kept everyone knew someone who died of plague like in Shakespeare's time. So you don't want to go to the theater and see it. Yeah. And like, unless it's for a really good reason. Yeah. And again, theater was like, like obviously like we have a whole podcast about Shakespeare. Obviously we think there's a lot, um, a whole podcast listened to by tens of people, um, (laughs) (laughs) that like, there's a lot in his writing that is, um, art and notable and important, but it, 
theater was very much escapism at the time. It was entertainment. It still it is. It still is. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's everyone. Okay. It's you fine. You can sing along. Um, <laughs> to, to King Lear. To King Lear um, and Kinky Boots. But also the thought that, like, yeah, probably a lot of people would have not enjoyed coming to the theater to see media about the plague because that was a shitty thing in their real lives. Yeah, again, not that there's no place for it, but you got to do it so well or else it is weird and insensitive. Yeah. Um, one other thing, though, uh, Hamnet. Hamnet. Didn't he die of plague? Hamnet died of plague. What year did Hamnet die? I don't know off of my head. But, <laughs> so Shakespeare's son, Hamnet, died of plague. So I think that's the one other major, again, when I was looking for, like, where does the plague show up in the plays? I was like, oh, yeah, well, all of Hamlet was written, huh? Okay, so Hamnet died in August of 1596. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know for sure, but um, he, he possibly died of the bubonic plague yeah. at age 10 in August 1596. So that feels pretty one-to-one on Hamlet, not the bubonic plague part, but his dead son inspiring a play about filial relationships yeah so he wrote hamlet um also hamnet his name was probably hamlet and hamnet was like a weird elizabethan yeah, we nickname were, you that earlier it would be the equivalent of me calling charlotte charnet charnet that's yep. <laughs> my new nickname for well, you and you would be dan 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 wait no dan yen dan yen Danielle Dan and Charnan. Danielle and Charnan. <laughs> the only thing we will answer to from now on. Um, yeah, so he wrote Hamlet. His the, the death of his son would have still been extremely fresh by the time he wrote Hamnet. Um, Hamlet. Oh God, I'm Which doing again, it too like, now. It's largely a play about grief. Also, it's very <laughs> interesting talking about. Lear, and to a lesser extent, I guess, Mackers. He also potentially wrote Anthony and Cleopatra during a quarantine, which no one cares about. It's interesting to talk about Lear when, okay, one of his children died the last time there was a major plague outbreak, or at least in the the years right after a major plague outbreak. Because also, um, not to scare anyone with outbreak talk, but like, if the city is closed during the peak, there were probably still deaths like in the preceding and following years yeah. from the same outbreak. Um, and he writes this whole play again. King Lear is very much about like feeling disconnected from your kids and the death of a child. And he's home with his two daughters, presumably. Again, we don't know for certain where he was quarantined, but I would guess everyone who could flee London would flee London. As they're doing right now. Yeah. As everyone is fleeing New York. We're still here. We're still here. We're, We're going to die here. Oh, that's not funny now. Sorry. It's not funny. In, in many years, hopefully. Many, many years. We'll come back to this apartment, terrifying whoever lives here in the uh, future. I do have one friend who's very convinced that a ghost lives in his apartment, but that's a story for another day. Um, um, yeah, but I, I, I think it's really interesting if you do want to read heavily into King Lear, the like lens that he wrote it under quarantine, it's shot through with anxiety about being a shitty dad and losing your kids. And specifically by that point, he's got two daughters Yep, and he was probably a bad dad. I mean, let's be real. We don't know for sure, but he wrote a lot about dads feeling anxious about being bad dads to their adult daughters. Yeah. Which makes you think he probably, he had his two other kids. Uh, Susanna was the oldest and then Hamnet had a twin, Judith. Um, so 
But yeah, he was away a lot. I mean, you know, just on a basic where was yeah, he level, he, there was Stratford-upon-Avon and there was London. And, yeah. You know, especially if he had been away for a while and he was home writing with his kids. It's it's not hard to, again, in terms of like, oh, I'm combing these plays for references to plague, but like that's probably not how it was affecting his psyche when he was writing. Yeah, he probably also like, no one is like scared of plague the, in the abstract sense. People are scared of losing their loved ones or becoming sick themselves. Yep. Or losing their their industries, losing their jobs, and King Lear is a whole play about like aging and losing things yeah. and <laughs> death and and lo- reckoning with what you've done back when you yeah. had everything, reckoning with your life and your career and how you fucked up your kids and then losing your youngest child. It's and like your power. Yeah, I just think it, it's it's also interesting to. Instead of looking at that tweet, and I don't mean to be so hard on whoever tweeted King Shakespeare again, King whatever hordes of people, I yeah. will probably retweet it. Who knows? It's um, a f- like it's a fun fact. It's, it's a not, fun fact, I, and again, for a lot of people, I think inspiring, which is fun. Yeah, Take yeah. inspiration where you can find it. Yeah, um, but uh, it was also the inspiration for this podcast yeah, episode. Here so we thank go. you. It's it's all <laughs> a beautiful circle. Yeah, but yeah, no, my my argument is only with the people who are tweeting out like use every moment of this, be productive. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting to say, like, oh, well, or to look at the fact that, oh, well, the play that he wrote under quarantine wasn't a, like, the play of someone who's, like, great, I have all this extra time. It it's wasn't the, much ado, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, the play of someone who's, like, oh, fuck, is another one of my kids gonna die? What have I done with my life? Yep. Um, yeah. So that's... It's a good time. Yeah. So that them's the plague. <laughs> Oh, man. Have you read One Flea Spare? No, tell me about it. No, we'll cut this part out then. That's not, it's not interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember it well. I don't know. We read it in college. It's a play about the plague. I mean, yeah. It's also so funny how many people... It's it's like you're one of two people. Either you're consuming every piece of media. You're reading Station Eleven for the first time. You're just like, I want to oh, read everything Station about 11. plague, <gasps> contagion. I want to drown myself in it. Or you're us and you're like... We're going to watch Steven Universe and Gypsy. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Station Eleven. Phantom you haven't read Opera. Station Oh, my God. I, I, haven't. I made Danielle watch Phantom of the Opera for the first time. It was good. Like, I'm glad we watched it, but it's also reignited in me my 12-year-old deep love and passion for Phantom of the Opera, God's perfect musical, given to us by God himself. By the man who also brought us God's actual perfect musical, which is Cats. (laughs) No, God's perfect musical is Tom Hooper's movie of Cats. (laughs) Oh, God. The Phantom of the Opera movie is trash and garbage, and that's not what we mean. I'm not talking about the Joel Schumacher movie. Joel Schumacher, fight me. That was the one I had seen when I was a teen, and I was like, oh, this is bad, Gerard can't sing... The directing is bad and nonsense. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember being like, I don't get why people like this. But then I saw the musical this week and was like, oh, yeah, we watched the 25th anniversary. uh, uh, I was going to call it Robert Hall, Albert Hall (laughs) production. Um, And that's the one. It's on Amazon for like, I don't know, a couple dollars or something, um, which you can give directly to Jeffy who is hoarding all of his money and asking for donations for people. Yeah, honestly, we don't, we're not going to go into it because it's too much of a bummer. It's but too much. like, Oh, 
we've Screw already we've already been talking about a bummer. Um, no, but actually, Station Eleven. Have you read Station Eleven? No, but I would like to. Okay, Station but Eleven is not actually right now. no. Don't no one read it right now. But I do think um, that's something. But it's about like, a bunch of actors after a plague outbreak, specifically right? Shakespeare actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's it's a post apocalyptic novel in which the world's taken down by a flu pandemic. So don't read it right now. Read it in four years. I don't know. I don't know when you should read it unless you're the kind of person who. It is helpful for you to, like, work out your anxieties through, like, reading directly about the thing or a fictionalized version of the thing. I think a lot of people are, are Definitely. doing that or are researching, like, the Spanish flu of yeah. uh, 1918. That's a lot of people's um, jam. And influenza. so if that's you, go off. Read uh, One Flea Spare by Naomi... Naomi Wallace, Naomi Wallace, Naomi Wallace, Naomi Wallace, Naomi uh, Wallace. Read One Flea Spare what by... What is it about? It's about the bubonic plague. Okay. Um, what is it about, really? Friendship? No, Love? like gender and Resilience. death. Oh, okay. No, it's like very the dark. Human no, spirit. it's like they all die at the end. I think it's very upsetting. Um, I didn't like it, but it that. But we just, should read but it, anyway. it No, I'm saying if you're the kind of person <laughs> who is looking for like plague media because that help if that's your your steez, then do that. Um, and also read uh, Station Eleven. Station Eleven because what I love about Station Eleven is, I mean. Now it's very different contextually, but uh, it's about this troupe of Shakespearean actors in this desiccated, desecrated, no, desiccated, like destroyed, Destroyed. desiccated. Okay. You don't want to be more desiccated. (laughs) Well, desiccated means like taken apart, so it's not the exact word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's like having the, it's dried out. (laughs) I think you mean desecrated. No, desecrated is like when you make something, it's like sacrilegious. That's not what I mean. Yeah. It's, well, decimated, decimated, decimated. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode of the pod where this Danielle and Charlotte lurked, lurked, looked for the Danielle word. Danielle and Charlotte decimated. learned new words together with you, our trapped hostage. You're here with us. You're our, not, or you're not trapped in here. Our, We're not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here you're with us. You're trapped in here with us. Um, yeah, so it's it's about this troop of actors in this decimated world where 90% of the population has died of flu, um, and they go around doing Shakespeare plays, and one of them has a tattoo from that Shakespeare, no, not that Shakespeare episode, from that Star Trek episode. Oh, this is a bad podcast. It's a God, bad what's podcast. what's wrong with us? What we're learning is we need to talk to other people more. We have I think talked. just our talking people, is bad now. Our talking now. is broken. We're, we broke talk, our talk boxes. We only talked to each other and our roommate for days. Oh, no, we talked to people on the phone. That's a lie. Um, and Freya, our cat. Um, but that one of them has a tattoo that says survival is not sufficient. Or maybe survival is insufficient. I'm not going to look it up. Um, but uh, I also think that's that's a, a sentiment that brings me a lot of comfort and joy. Insufficient, um, it looks like. Okay, survival is insufficient. And it's a Thoreau quote. Well, I know it from the Star Trek episode, so, you know, we'll have to fact check this after whether or not Thoreau stole it from Star Trek, maybe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just basically the idea that just to live is not enough. Um, you need... Oh, no, need, it's a different quote. The the survival is insufficient isn't isn't Thoreau. It's from Don't Star Trek. It's from Star Trek. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now I'm researching it. This is the only thing that will be exhaustively <laughs> researched within this podcast. We've been talking for 45 minutes. What have we said? Nothing. We said, I don't know, plague happens sometimes. That sucks, huh? Here's some plagues that bad. also happen. It's real, real bad, isn't it? The plague. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, 
what I mean. I don't know. It's a it's a real dark time for everyone. Um, obviously, we can only speak from our own. You're right. It's stolen from Shakespeare. I mean, from, from Star, Star Trek. Trek. <laughs> it's from Star Trek Voyager episode. Yes. Yes. yes okay. Yes. I've watched. Tell T- them how I've much watched, Star Trek I've you watched. watched TOS, TNG, and DS9, but I haven't watched Voy- I haven't watched all of Voyager actually. And we haven't watched um, the new one. Where I haven't Picard watched the new one yet. I'm not. Yet. I'm not emotionally ready yet. I haven't watched Discovery or Picard yet. I've never. I refuse to watch Enterprise because the um, the theme song is like a Christian rock song, and I can't handle it. Um, it's too goofy, even for for me who loves goofy space junk. Um, goofy space junk. I'm gonna have to watch it's Picard, aren't I? Podcast. You are eventually, oh but not God. today. We're we're uh, we're Patrick Stewart owns a vineyard. It's okay. I'm sure all that he does is make wine. No, the whole thing is going to be about Data's death, and I'm not emotionally ready for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for understanding. You don't have to be ready. Isn't it a robot? He shouldn't be dead. Well, he's an android. Well, he sacrificed himself at the end of Nemesis, didn't he, Danielle? Oh, didn't spoilers. he jump? Spoilers. Didn't he jump through space? I mean, obviously, now we're gonna go back in the, to the comics, we have to put in spoilers in com- for Star Trek. Spoilers for Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> um, in the comic book, they re-download his memories into B four. Obviously, another Noonien Soong type android. So Data's still alive, but I don't know if they're gonna keep the continuity of the comics or if they're gonna do like uh, Space Wars did and throw out all of the comics in the books when J.J. Abrams gets his his meaty paws on it <laughs> to fill it full of Meat. full of Palpatines Pal- <laughs> Grandpa Palpatine stuff a bunch of Palpatines in there when did Palpatine have sex? who had sex with Palpatine? no I actually did look it up and they were like well it's a clone and like some other not- I just no <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about Palpatine getting horny. Don't do that to me, Star Wars. Don't give him a granddaughter. If in the, in the alternate timeline where Hamnet Shakespeare survives, we we got uh, Ryan Johnson. movie we deserve. Ryan Johnson did the last Star Wars movie and not J.J. Abrams. <laughs> uh, Who would you, if you could pick anyone to have retroactively written Star Wars Episode Nine? Who would it be? C.B. Waller-Bridge. Taika Waititi. Oh, that's better. <laughs> I do I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I needed to think. She was just the first person that came to my mind. I would, I would love, love to, to see her write a Star Wars. But I don't know if I would... I don't know. Well, but she's writing a Bond movie. She, she is writing she a could, Bond movie. She could do it. I want to... I really want to, like... What's the one everyone likes? This Villanelle. Oh, Killeen. We're the two oldest women in the world. Like, we talk like grandmas. <laughs> we can't remember any words or any names. No, really, Killeen. This podcast will just be an audio, like, record of us losing our minds. Uh, this is going to be like when you're in a video game and you're, like, running about the, like, abandoned. And you're running about. And you're running about, like, as the, you do in video games. You know, like, the, the like, abandoned like sunken city. I'm talking about Bioshock. I don't know many video games. <laughs> Um, Bioshock, my, my dad is one of the voices of those, like, little boxes that you find. Because, okay, you run around and you, like, find journals. And the journals are, like, are like you know, you piece together the stories of the people who are, like, I'm running out of 
water or whatever and then you're like oh someone <laughs> died story. here creepy but you know it's like that's what yeah. this is for us this is like yes. the each pod is a different <laughs> little journal voiced by your dad did. yeah which and then my dad wouldn't play bioshock because he was too scared <laughs> even though we had a copy because he was in it and so i had to play it with my friends but i was also too scared so i would just watch them play it Wow. We have to re-download The Sims. Ah, yes. Okay, guys, we got to go. We got we got stuff to do. We got to download The Sims. <laughs> so this has been a really a wild ride. If you've stuck with us this long, you're a true fan and a true friend. You're a scholar. And, and you know what? I want to know who you think should have written the last Star Wars movie because I really feel like there's someone else that I'm forgetting. And I'm going to think about it. There's some perfect person out there. To Jim Henson. like. <laughs> oh, I would have loved a Muppet Star Wars. A Muppet Star Wars. Girl can dream. I'm going to keep thinking about it. <gasps> we should watch the the puppet thing. The Dark Crystal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have all the time in the world now. <laughs> a lot of media to watch. Um, but yeah. we love you, we our love dear you. listener. We Please hope you're safe. Stay safe and, you know, I hate that stay safe and sane is now the, the like, I hope this finds you oh, well of emails. Awful. Um, but truly, we, we mean it. We we love you, and thank you for tuning in. And Yeah. Um, and if the fact that Shakespeare wrote King Lear while under quarantine uh, fills you with, with inspiration and a light in the dark, then go forth with that feeling. And if it fills you with uh, resentment and rage, then we, go forth with that feeling. we hear you and we understand you. And um, next time we'll talk about a play, a play or something. We're going to talk about a real-life real, real life play. Real, uh, we're not going to tell you which one yet, play. although we have picked it, so it will be out soon. Yeah, I don't even remember um, what it is. I wrote it down. I don't remember it either. Uh, just kidding. I, maybe I do. Um, but yes, uh, tune in soon. And hey, we know you have time, so if you don't mind, if you can find it in your heart, <laughs> please rate, rate us five stars on iTunes. Please share this on your social media channels. Feel free to tweet or Instagram at us. Everything is what you will. Call podcast. to action. Call to action. Call to um, action. I know, I know, but it's it's really so helpful, and um, we we wanna we wanna reach people. Yeah, and if you if you hated this episode, then sh- don't share this one. Share a different one. You know. Yeah, this isn't our usual <laughs> format. Just to kind of ramble free form about a topic we haven't researched. Well, no, that is our usual a format. Bit it is, but, but usually, usually we, we have the framing device of it being about of a Shakespeare it being play. about a Shakespeare play or a Shakespeare inspired film. Yes, instead of just. A tweet. A Shakespeare inspired tweet. <laughs> we did a whole episode inspired by a tweet. Based on a tweet. Um, I'm Danielle. And I'm, and I'm Charlotte Aline. And this has been What You Will. Bye. Yes. Is over. Watch Steven Universe.